passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. in for another segment of Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak bringing you now our offensive 53-man roster projections with the season opener September 11th against Atlanta coming up. The Saints got to be down to that 53-man roster by 3 o'clock on Tuesday. And obviously those numbers aren't going to be set either because you're going to have other teams releasing players and there could be a little jostling going on but for now who we have going into that we're going to start off with quarterback and I think that's pretty much cut and dry easy peasy to to talk about yeah I think um so I put up my my final roster projection on wwl.com so if you're follow if you're listening and you want to follow along go check that out and I've been putting updated ones up each week and the first one I put Ian Book on there because I kind of just wasn't sure how this was going to look and how he was going to look if he took a major step forward and kind of forced you to keep him on the roster. I thought he had a chance, but I think as we saw throughout training camp, he's not ready to be a backup quarterback, at least not, you know, for the saints. Um, And he does, he hasn't done enough to justify keeping a third quarterback on the active roster. So I, but I do think that he is a guy who you're going to prioritize on the practice squad. He finally Um, had that game we were looking for. I feel like in that preseason finale, at least, although yeah, the, the Chargers' defense wasn't anything fantastic, but Book Book did a solid job that night. No, he played well. He didn't turn the ball over. I thought that two-minute drive before halftime was impressive. 
You know, that's, that's not easy to do. I don't care who the defense is. He came in with 57 seconds left. He got him into field goal range. He made sure they got points before the half. And that's what you have to do as a quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, he didn't turn the ball over in that game. He used his legs. Um, and, you know, he, he played a lot like the way Taysom Hill played in the games you won last year, right? Like he took his chances where it made sense. He got yards with his legs. He made sure his, he got his playmakers the ball where they could do something. And he didn't lose them the game. Um, and that's, that was the difference between what happened in the first two games and that game, you know, and it helped that Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston both led touchdown drives, but Ian book led a touchdown drive of his own. So he gets credit for that. And I think that he's going to be a guy on special teams that actually has value because you need, you know, I think I was talking to Sean Fazend of Fox eight about this. You need someone on the practice squad who can simulate some of these mobile quarterbacks, right? The Lamar Jackson's obviously I'm not comparing Ian book to Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying, you know, he has a skill set that the other Saints quarterbacks don't, which is he can run around. He can simulate that mobile quarterback, you know, Deshaun Watson, um, a Marcus Mariota even. So I think that's good to have. That's what you want on the scout team. So, you know, good for Ian. He did take a step forward. And, you know, I don't know what his future is as a, as a quarterback in the NFL, as a backup quarterback in the NFL. If he could be a Chase Daniel, that would be a dream for him. We saw Chase Daniel with the Chargers. But what you want to see out of young players, particularly quarterbacks, is that they seem to be progressing. They don't have to be perfect. And Ian has certainly not been perfect. But I do think that if you go from the preseason opener to the preseason finale, you saw a big step forward in his composure and his accuracy with the football and making the right decisions. So good for him. But from a roster perspective, you're sitting at two. You got Jameis and Andy. <laughs> and there's no question. You're happy about it. Yeah, like you were saying with Book, I, the the question will still be: Is he is he able to be a backup quarterback in this NFL? Still, I think you're right about him not making the roster, but should be a guy that gets brought back on the practice squad. And one thing that was interesting too in the preseason finale looked like he really has developed uh, some chemistry with Lucas Kroll, who turned into his uh, his security blanket almost. At one point, he had thrown seven passes, and four of them were targeting Lucas Kroll. And he's another guy who I think is going to end up on the practice squad. We can kind of, since we're already talking about Lucas Crawl, let's go to the tight end. Sure. Now, I still think you're keeping four. And the reason is I want to make sure my blocking is as good as it can be week one in Atlanta with Jameis Winston playing his first NFL game since the knee injury. Right. And I have questions about Troutman's availability. I think he'll be back, but I'm not sure. And I don't trust Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill, or Lucas Kroll to be the primary blocking tight end if Troutman is not 100%. And so, like, even if you think he's going to be 100% in two weeks, but you're not sure, I think you have to keep Vanette around because I don't want to send Jawan Johnson or Taysom Hill out there and have him line up in line and try to block a defensive end. I don't want to. So I think that's what might save Nick Vanette on this roster. And so right now I have Adam Troutman, Nick Vanette, Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill as my four keepers. I still don't see Taysom Hill as really a tight end. I know he's playing tight end, but I still see him kind of independent of that. Like when you're talking about the number of tight ends you're keeping, I think you're keeping three and Taysom. Kind of like last year, you kept two quarterbacks and Taysom, right? Yeah, and I totally agree with you with the keeping four tight ends. It just seems Vanette kind of looked like he was on that bubble for this team. And 
he had some flashy moments, but we saw him play deep into the preseason as well. And I guess it's easy to overlook a guy like him since he does the quote-unquote dirty work in the trenches for you. And the fact that there's going to be some questions along the offensive line now for the Saints as well, I think having another key blocker at tight end is going to be crucial for the team. And Vanette fills that spot over a guy like Taysom Hill, Jawan Johnson, who had Johnson has bulked up and was, has been working more at the tight end position, but you still don't have that trust factor as much there as Vanette, who's more of more of a veteran experience doing it. No. And yeah. And, and DA has kind of lauded Jawan for improving his blocking. Right. So he has gotten better in that regard, but I still, you know, this team likes to run a lot of two tight end sets. If you go back to that first drive with Jameis in the preseason game, he had a lot of blocking in front of him. That's why the fact that he went four for four, I thought was pretty impressive because you were talking like two man route combinations downfield against, you know, five defenders and Jarvis still found a way to get open. So that's, that's why I'm keeping Vanette around. I'm still not convinced he sticks around, but unless they make a trade, I think he could have value in a trade. You might be able to get a low end asset back. Cause I think that, you know, a veteran tight end with starting experience isn't, they don't grow on trees and some team might, just, you know, feel like they need an extra blocker, an extra kind of veteran in the room. So you never know, but I'm keeping him on the roster for now. So that's my room. Lucas Kroll, I like. I think he's a he's a priority practice squad guy. The only team that I feel like might, might jump and uh, take the bait is uh, Pittsburgh because you might want to reunite Kenny Pickett and Lucas Kroll, but I still think he's safe on the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, the showing that he had last game might be a little enticing to teams, but I don't think anybody else there's it's coming to claim Kroll either. But yeah, he's definitely a, an interesting developmental guy that you want to see stick around for this team. Yeah, so now going to running backs and fullbacks, I have them keeping four. It's a little bit of a cop-out because I think Adam Prentice, one of Adam Prentice or J.P. Holtz, who we didn't talk about the tight end position, one of them will be on this roster but I don't think they make the opening roster kind of like Alex Arma last year where you're confident you can bring him back. So you're going to use that roster spot somewhere else because you know that a guy, you know, who we haven't talked about yet. And like Trevor Penning, if you're going to keep him on the roster and put him on IR, then that's going to open up a spot and you can bring him back then. And you're not worried about anyone claiming Alex Arma. So that's kind of where I land. So you're talking Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Dwayne Washington, Tony Jones, Jr. Yeah, and I'm not sure quite how this team views Kirk Merritt. I mean, we, talk, we talked about him obviously having that switch in practice to playing running back, but then in the preseason finale, he was lined up a receiver. And I know he's got that capability, but I just don't think Merritt's going to end up making this team, if he does, as a running back. So totally agree with you there on who the Saints will be keeping at the back position. I mean, I'm going to just leave it up leave it up to the coaches to decide that. But, I mean, it's all out of my hands. Um, I did what, what I could do for the preseason, and hopefully it is. Yeah, and that was Kirk Merritt kind of talking about whether he feels like he's done enough to make the team. And he did the, you know, good soldier thing. And he was like, I'm going to leave it up to coaches, blah, blah, blah. I did ask him because he didn't play running back. He played running back all week in practice. But in the game, he played wide receiver, and I thought he had his best game at wide receiver. He caught a touchdown. I think he had four catches for 32 yards. Um, but he's, I asked him like if the plan was for him to play running back and wide receiver and it was kind of just see how it went. No, he was, the plan going in was for him to play wide receiver. So 
it was kind of a red herring where we watched it all week in practice and we were all excited. Oh, what's it going to look like a running back? And then uh, we didn't get to see it. But Oh, oh so, that tricky Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael. Yeah. And so when we look at that, we kind of see, and I apologize if there's a dog barking in the background. He, uh, I asked him to quiet down and he said no. You actually, well, now I heard him, but before you couldn't. Zuma, shut up. Why are you barking? Anyway, I still view him as a wide receiver in terms of this roster projection. Um, so you kind of just go from there. But I think you're keeping four. As we know, you know, the Saints have made this projection a lot simpler because as of right now, these are the only four running backs on the roster because they already cut Devon Zigbo and they already cut uh, Abram Smith as of today. So, you know, unless they decide to keep three and maybe cut Dwayne if he's dealing with an injury or cut Tony because they feel confident in Dwayne. I think that this is the safe, uh, the safe group at running back. I'm agreeing with you totally there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so now we have two positions left. We'll go through them quick. Wide receiver, the guys I'm keeping, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Deontay Hardy, Marquez Calloway, and stop. That's the end. <laughs> to me, the question was not whether you keep Traquan Smith or somebody else. To me, the question was whether you're keeping five or six receivers. And I think that with what we saw from Trey, with him now dealing with an injury, I am comfortable only keeping five wide receivers. And especially now that I know I have to keep probably an extra lineman to account for Trevor Penning's injury. Yeah, and I, I don't think you're going to keep six receivers either. That One one of the guys is going to be inactive every week and isn't worth the roster spot to me. And I think that, a guy like Kirk Merritt will likely clear waivers and I'll be able to join the practice squad. What was really interesting, and I know you made uh, the initial note of that, and then everybody seemed to catch on, was the fact that a guy like Rashid Shahid was someone that we were expecting to see at wide receiver and in the return game, and the team kind of, quote-unquote, hid him from the eyes of the rest of the NFL. Even in that preseason finale, you had Deontay Hardy back there, fair catching balls when that's a total time when you should have been having the undrafted rookie out there. Yeah, I think I was spot on with that because he was out there in uniform. He right. was not like high. They, they didn't they didn't say he was injured. They didn't pretend he was injured. He just didn't play. And there's no reason Deontay Hardy should have been out there returning that punt. Now, he didn't return it. He fair caught it. It could have been the best return setup of his life. He was not returning that kick. It was almost like, you know, maybe Marquez, like, you know, he had to like get his shoe retied and they're like, oh crap, someone get out there and catch it, you know? And it was like, no, not Rashid. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> we don't want to give any kind of stats or film for the other team. Right. If they want to come for him, it's going to have to be strictly on his college tape. Yeah. And I, 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 and I don't fault it. You know, I think it's a smart move because like from what, like I said in the last podcast, what I've seen in practice, I feel very confident about his abilities and I don't need to see him return a kick in a preseason game to know that he can be a legitimate threat in the return game. But I do think that other teams might because not every team in the NFL has been sitting there staring at this guy in practice. Right. So uh, I think I was right on there. And uh, I think he's going to be a guy that you, you hear on the practice squad, if you can get him there, but yeah, Dejon Dixon's another guy. I think he's going to get be on the practice squad, Kirk Merritt. And 
I think this is just a really good wide receiver group that, you know, last year, some of these guys might've had a chance and this year they don't. And uh, Trey, I'm interested to see what happens. You know, the thing is, if you keep six wide receivers, it could be because you want to stash Trey on IR and hope and be able to bring him back later in the season when, you know, you don't know what your status is going to be, right? If you end up in week eight and suddenly you're dealing with a couple injuries at wide receiver, it'd be nice to be able to bring Traquan off the practice squad and have a guy who knows your offense and you, you have some confidence in. But in order to do that, you would have to keep him on the 53. So that's kind of my caveat here. If you're not doing that, then you're cutting Trey. If you are doing that, then you could see them keep six, revert him to IR, and then and then bring somebody back. But that would mean like you've already you're already probably doing that with the fullback. So that means that you're gonna have to do it with somebody else and, and eliminate a roster spot there. So that's where the that's where it gets tricky. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about someone like Kawan Baker either, who is also he's suspended for the first six games of the year. Okay, so the last spot on the offense, the offensive line. Now, this, this is really simple until it's not, right? <laughs> Ryan Ramchick, Andres Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, James Hurst. That's your starting offensive line. There's no question. Right. Beyond them, Calvin Throckmorton, Landon Young, Trevor Penning, assuming Trevor's not going to be expected out for the season, those are your three backups. Now, it gets confusing there, though, because yeah, that's eight players – and you now don't have a backup left tackle, so you got to keep somebody. I thought it might be Derek Kelly, but he got cut today. So the next logical option is Lewis Kitt. The other question is, do you keep Nick Martin as a backup center? I think you do, but if you do and you keep all of those guys, that is 10 offensive linemen. That is a lot of offensive linemen to keep on an initial roster, even with the expectation that you're going to put Trevor Penning on IR. At least that's my expectation. So... Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you have to do, but it's going to be complicated elsewhere. And that's why I think suddenly you're like, man, okay, maybe we only keep the five wide receivers. But I think that group is what you have to have. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what they do with Lewis Kidd. I think he's a guy, obviously, will provide depth for you. And somebody that I know in college played uh, up and down the offensive line has that versatility for you. But um, the injury with Penning kind of throws a little monkey wrench into things. And I'm I'm definitely hoping it's not a season ending thing for him just for his development's sake. I didn't I don't think you expected him to start. I didn't expect him to start right off the bat. Hopefully though James Hurst's toe injury that he has as well is really something that is sooner or later like coach said and we see him back at practice this week and ready to roll week 1. But suddenly now that offensive line there's a little more questions on it going into week 1 than there was initially. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons you're confident in James Hurst is because you know that if he struggles, you have a first-round rookie who's getting better every week. And, you know, maybe by week six, week eight, if it's not going great with James or if he's a little banged up, then you could turn to Trevor. And by then, I'd feel confident that he has picked up all the technique he needs and maybe he has some rookie year struggles. But generally speaking, he's going to be a mauler in the run game and you give him a little extra help with a tight end and you feel okay with it. Now you're not in that situation. Now, if James Hurst goes down, then you are truly starting a UDFA at left tackle, and that's not where you want to be. So, yeah, it's that injury, while it's not affecting a starter, it does eliminate like a very key piece of depth behind a guy who, if you had to pick one player on the offensive line that you know could struggle when the games get real, it's got to be James Hurst. 
at, in terms of just pedigree, in terms of, you know, all these other guys, are first round, second round draft picks, and he's not. <laughs> so I will yeah. say there are still concerns, I think, for, for with Cesar Ruiz. We've seen some growth and development there, but definitely a guy that there, there's big questions on. And then just the injury history of Andrus Pete, obviously, is concerning as well going into the year. Yeah, but I mean, when I say that, I mean more like expectations wise, right? Like you expect Cesar Ruiz to play like a first round pick. You expect Eric McCoy yeah. to play like a first round pick, Andres Pete, Ryan Ramchick, right? You don't have those expectations for James Hurst. So like, it's not a question of whether he can be a starting left tackle. It's whether he has the physical attributes to hold up as a starting left tackle, right? Because if he did, he would have been a first round pick. <laughs> so that's where that's where I wonder. But I do, I do like James. I think he works hard. He's a veteran. He's savvy. I think he can, he can make it work. And hopefully this is a question we never have to answer. So I think that is the offense to 25 players right there. And uh, I think it's a solid group. Yeah. And seeing the running back position to me was really a huge bonus, obviously in that final preseason game, just Camara and Ingram together, zoom and boom. Both of those guys obviously look fresh and ready to roll, but you know, Camaro has looked fantastic all camp. Excited to see what he does in the regular season. I think fantasy projections have him a little low going in this into this year. Yeah, I mean, if he wasn't facing a suspension, yeah, like if there was no question of whether he gets suspended six games, and I still think that the odds are he won't get suspended this year. But if he wasn't facing a suspension at any point he would be a top three fantasy running back. Amen, right. The fact that he's he's got this suspension looming over his head and he's still going in the late first round, early second round of drafts just tells you how good he is. Like, they are baking in the, the expectation that he's going to miss a third of the season and he is still at the lowest the second round pick. So I think that, yeah, the expectation for Al Kamara is that he balls out and he looks like he's ready to do that. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Hopefully behind a stout and healthy offensive line. Yes. But all right. I think that's going to wrap it up for the offense. Now on to the defense. I'm cutting Will Lutz. How about you? Stick around <laughs> on Inside Black and Gold. <laughs> 